the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Freedom in Christ, Session 8. Handling Emotions Well. The main reading for this session is 1 Peter, Chapter 5. But we mustn't, um, and sometimes we can, we can go the other side and ignore them altogether. And we've got to be careful there as well, because we'll see in a moment that that shit can be just as bad. God has created this tripartite, of course we know that. Body, this body, well, it's getting a bit old and clunky, but it's going to last me till and get a new one for eternity. We have a soul, which is, I suppose, some people say the real us, but of course we are tripartite, all of us. Our soul involves our reason. Our, our emotions and our will and of course with our spirit and that connects us to God and we we're look at our emotions tonight and to, to see um, uh, I suppose the first question is that they got there would you describe yourself as an emotional person um, I suppose it, it depends it depends what involves um, because sometimes we, we have no emotion and sometimes something something grip us, can't it? Um, and you've got to be careful. Um, I was just reading a story about a couple and they were on a journey and they were really, they, they, had, a, they had a bad start and they were hammering tongs in the car. Uh, you know what it's like, isn't it? And um, so as they were driving past, they were going through the country lanes and um, the, 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 the husband saw a, a pig farm on the, on the right and he thought he had to have the last word. Of course, we, we men do. And he said... Uh, yeah. family of yours to his wife but the wife as women generally are quicker than us she said yes in-laws um, uh, so we've got to be careful that we don't let our emotions take us um, well you see we I suppose we would say what is it, what is our mind well of course we have our brain don't we um, however great how, how important how big it is however clever it is but that's what we call hardware it's like a computer you've got your computer in front of you and that's the hardware you got the, the, the uh, I've got to be careful now when Nick listens to this he might correct me but the hardware is what you can see what you can touch isn't it the, the, the hard drive the, the uh, monitor the, the keyboard that's the, the whole hardware and that's really who we are our brains we can't really alter that we, we're, we're as intelligent as we are now we can quicken our brains and and try and do those exercises, can't we? But um, that's not what God's on. But he didn't talk about our brain because that's how we're created. So some people have got mental disabilities. Some people get older and get dementia, Alzheimer's. And that's the hard way. You, that's not what God's on. But the mind, now that's what we call software. That's the programs on the computer. That really tells the, pro, the, the computer uh, how to work, I suppose. And we have programs. Well, well of course, we know those, don't we? We've got um, PowerPoint and that really is a collection of information, procedures, um, documentation, performing actual tasks on the system. So we're going to talk about the mind today because we can do something or we can reprogram. You know, something, uh, something hits you, hits you if the virus hits the software, you take it in and get it rejigged. And we really need to get uh, to see how our mind is working. Now, of course, our emotional nature, be careful, that was created by God, of course, uh, it did, uh, like everything fell in, in the fall, but it's a barometer 
of our soul. It can reveal the depth of our character and the quality of our thoughts. And we're going to look at that tonight. Choosing, of course, our mind, software, is choosing how to believe, um, believing the truth, taking every thought captive, as we've been looking at. Um, now, there are things, isn't it amazing that the brain is amazing, isn't it? Um, tonight, you don't have to think about uh, getting your heart to beat or taking a breath, because that's called involuntary. The brain is order, it's plugged in, just, you, you know, we, I can make my heart go a bit quicker, can't I? When uh, Jackie says she's going to go shopping, my heart goes a bit quicker. So that, you know, that, that affects it. Um, but it, it's amazing. those involuntary things. The body is amazing. And, and people say, oh, I don't believe that God created. Let me just say, the wonder of the body, how it repairs itself, how, how it, it looks after itself. And you know full well when something goes wrong, you know about it, don't you? Um, you know, you're straight to the doctor. But the power. But then, of course, we have... Um, uh, involuntary uh, things. Now I'm voluntarily speaking. My brain is thinking sometimes, and uh, I'm speaking. Now some of us know full well. Sometimes our mouth speak, and we have in, in, uh, got our brain in gear. But even so, it's still voluntary. We move by voluntary. We 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 do that. And of course, then we have those um, uh, voluntary involuntary um, actions in our mind. Those emotions, isn't it amazing how emotions uh, come from nowhere sometimes, don't they? Uh, one minute everything's going well and then something will happen or something may not happen and we, 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 we feel different and the emotions can uh, overrun us. Thankfully, the Bible says we can take our thoughts captive and direct us. And, and um, of course, as we said before, we're not going to deny, we look at those, we're not going to deny our emotions, we're not going to let them um, dictate us, but we're going to deal with them as they come along. Thankfully, the Bible sometimes doesn't say, does it? Now, there are some, some things and some people we dislike, but thankfully, God doesn't say to us, David, like that person. No, no. He says, David, love that person. Now let's read that. See, because God commands us. Now we we now directing our thinking and our thoughts and our choice. Um, Matthew five, the kingdom manifesto. Matthew five forty four forty eight. In one sense, he's not saying, change your feeling, Dave. He's saying, change your actions, Dave. Love them. That's why the great thing about when we talk about the love of God, it's, it's agape love. Of course, we have all those different types of love in, in the Greek. That eros, which is the love of the object. If the object loses the, the, the allure and the affection, then that eros love goes, as we see in the world, don't we? They're attracted to somebody, and then that attraction goes and is gone. We have that Philadelphia love, which is that brotherly love, like-mindedness, friendliness, that um, God really can't command because you can't be like-minded in, in one sense with those you're not like-minded with, but... God can command agape love because it's a love of choice. It's the direction of our will. God says, God so loved the world. God so loved me. I didn't deserve it. I certainly didn't 
earn it. And he looked at my life and there was nothing commended to me. So we can choose to love. And God says love commands us to do that. He's, he's asking us to choose our direction of action. Well, by choosing to change what you can control, what you believe and what you behave, then we'll see in a, in a moment changes how we feel. Remember, there's the facts. We put our faith in the facts and our feelings come along. All the doubts and the disappointments and all will rise up. But we see the facts of the matter, who Jesus is. And we um, put our faith. Well, what are emotions, I suppose? Well, physically, um, those pain responses, uh, uh, when you hit something, pain, that's, it, that's pain to the body, those pain receptors. I suppose those emotions, in some sense, are like that to our soul. They are indicators, they give us feedback of, feedback to our soul. What's happening? Are we feeling? And, um, of course, that, that can, it can, many things can cause that. Disease. We can be ill, and that can affect how we feel, of course. Um, we can be uh, drained, tired. As I said before, don't sit down and have a discussion with the missus or with the husband when you're tired, or with anybody, really, because you're in real trouble there. Um, that can really free your emotions, of course. Disappointment, discouragement, difficulties affect our emotions. Diet, yes, that can affect our emotions. And, as we've seen in a minute, disobedience will affect how we feel. And they are, they are feedback back to our soul. Now, again, we've got to be careful how we interpret that, because so often then we say, and we live in a world that says, if I'm not happy, I'm going to change this, this, and this. And people have, uh, have, have uh, walked out on this, walked out on husbands, wives, I'm not happy. Well, Jesus said, look, I'm after holiness, not happiness. Um, and when we say it, when it, we have that word, it feels right, feels good, so I've got to go there. Well, let me tell you that feeling good and feeling right won't last very long. In a few years down the road, it'll be gone. And then it, it, it comes out of choice then and really digging in. Um, and so often people just say that to me. It felt so good. I, I, could, I had to do it. We, we hear, don't we? People, when they say they, they, they come out, um, oh, I'm now so happy that I've done it. Um, well, that's... Uh, Short term, and it's not not really the answer, as we see in a moment. Although we can't control our moods direct, directly, we feel the general sense. Um, see, there's there's the key. If what you believe does not reflect the truth, then what you feel will not reflect reality. If it's not being invaded by truth, we'll allow any any feelings to actually dictate our actions and our response and our decisions. Always dangerous, always dangerous because uh, we know because we have fallen and all those things affect us, our emotions will, will take, take us away. What about this? S suppose um, your company is downsizing. People are being laid off on the desk on Monday morning, got a note from your boss. He wants to see you at half past 10 on Friday. Doesn't say why, but from Monday to Friday, you are cogitating. Uh, the first day, you maybe think, I'm going to get laid off. And you get, you're angry. How dare they lay me off? How can they do that? I mean, the best employee. Then you're uncertain. You feel anxious. By Thursday, you're so depressed, you don't really want to go in on Friday to see the boss. By Friday morning, you come, you think, well, I'll better go in just in case. You're an emotional mess because you've been thinking, and, uh, but it's not based on reality because it's not based on anything you know. It's based on something you think you know. 
You go into the meeting, and the boss is there and said, Dave, thank you for coming. I'd like to give you a pay rise. In fact, I'd like to promote you uh, to manager. Now, how do you feel? You spend a week feeling bad because you did not know the truth. Thankfully, the Bible is full of people um, telling, speaking out what they feel. The Psalms is lovely. I read a Psalm even today, Psalm 120. In my distress, Lord, I call to you. And thankfully, the Bible doesn't paper, you know, cover over those men and women that really vent. Job said, I curse the day I die. I don't know about you, but I, don't, I, I haven't been that low. <laughs> you know, I've had some bad times, but I curse the day. So did Jeremiah. Why was I ever born, he said. Thankfully, they're in the word because what they did, they took their emotions and they took them straight to the Lord. Took them straight to the Lord. Now, let's read. Are we going to read this one? So we can read around. We'll do a page each. This is Lamentations. Now, you may, uh, Lamentations, you may bypass it pretty quickly, just after Jeremiah. But it's some verses in there we know very, very well. But uh, we're going to read some of this. Um, Jeremiah, uh, Lamentations 3. And remember, this is Jeremiah, the great prophet. Right? This is what he's saying. I'll read the first page then. I am the man, uh, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. He's talking to the Lord, of course. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. Something else? His movies bow in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shook. He shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with rocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. <coughs> like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped for from the Lord. Okay, but we have to cover Surely, obviously, that was um, his conclusion was, of course, in verse 18, my splendor is gone, I all have hope from the Lord. Thankfully, God lets us get it out of a system. Now, here he is now. He's still before the Lord. He's still before the Lord. Um, someone read that one. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait to him. Ah, oh, bless the Lord. You see, out of those dark places come wonderful revelation. God does that to us sometimes. He brings us to a dark place. And we say, oh, Dave, should I feel now? Like, if he's bringing you to that place, if, you, if you're before the Lord, he wants to bring you to a Paul said, 2, 2 Corinthians 1, I despaired of life, he said. Yet, what was, what was the reason for it? So I wouldn't trust in myself, but trust in God and realize that your prayers were feeding me and building me up. So, amazing. He reminds himself. That's the power we talked about on Sunday. Our power of our memories. The kingdom manifesto. He said, I'm your father. Look, at. he says, look, Lord, you don't... I don't need, in one sense, God doesn't owe us anything, does he? So if we got saved and we had difficulty from the day we're saved to the day we enter heaven, 
you know, we, we'd have no recourse, would we? We wouldn't say, God, but it's not fair, because we don't deserve anything from him. It, it, that he saved us alone, sinners, is amazing. So when we complain and we mourn, first of all, we've got it far easier than many, 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 many of our brothers and sisters. We read every morning in different countries, can't, we talk about can't meeting, they can't meet. They can't worship, they can't evangelize. So we, we, but memory, the power of memory, to recall what God has done in the past that he will do in the future. Jonah, Jonah 2, 5 to 7. Now Jonah's in the whale now, um, or the fish, big fish, and he's, he's praying, as you would. <laughs> Uh, Jonah 2, 5-7 The waters can pass me about, even to the soul. The depth clothes me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto me, into thine holy temple. I remembered. I remembered. Jeremiah goes through this prayer and until he gets hold of himself, he says, come on, Jeremiah, remind yourself. I call to mind. I have hope. Get a grip. God is great in faithfulness. Now, has Jeremiah's circumstances changed? No. Had God changed? Of course, he never changes. The only thing that changed was how he saw it, how his mind is, circumstances. And, and Jonah, nothing had changed with Jonah. He was still in the whale, but now he, he had seen differently. Now he was resting on God. Life events should never determine who you are or what you feel. It's the perception of how we see them so often, isn't it? It's the perception of how we see them. If what you believe does not reflect the truth, listen to that again, then what you feel will not reflect. Well, that's why we need to go through those verses right at the beginning of the course, who we are in Christ, who our Father is. So it, again, it informs us. We commit ourselves to the truth, choose what to believe, uh, that God is true, and what, who he is, what he's done, the more we'll see our circumstances from God's perspective unless uh, our feelings run away with us. What can we do about it? What can we do about it? Why? Isn't it amazing how we can see things differently? Um, the Israelite army was there, um, I think it was 30 days, wasn't it? Goliath would come out, come on, who's going to fight me? The Bible says every time he came out, they run away, they were afraid. That's all they saw was a big giant, a great warrior, no one could take him out. And uh, when you see the size of him and what he, he had, and uh, the weight of his armor alone was uh, 120 pounds, and that was, he was walking around with that. So you walk around, he's a big boy and he's a strong. And, uh, and yeah, if he, but David comes along and sees the giant just like them. But he sees it through the, 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 the lens and the spectacle of who God is. Through his relationship, his intimacy with God. Same giant, but he sees it differently. Sees him differently. Out of his relationship with God, he sees it differently. And that's why we read those verses the other day. And we'll read them again. They're fantastic verses. Again, that we pray over ourselves. 2 Kings 6, 14, 17. They said horses and chariots and a strong force there. We went by night to the city. When served in the name of God, but that we might not be the next morning. An army with horses and chariots that surround the city. Oh my lord, what shall we do to serve us? 
Don't be afraid, prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Open his eyes. You're not so much as affected by your environment and circumstances as by how you see the environment. So in remission, two people can see a stressful situation, what we think is stressful, but they will see it and thrive in that, won't they? Um, you, you think, uh, when we think about um, uh, sportsmen and women, some people have had all the ability in the world, but when they've come into competition, they call chokers because they can't handle that stress. They, they're probably as gifted, if not more gifted than some others, but they can't, and just can't control that. Now, what we are doing, is not blind faith, it's actually seeing, recognizing who God is, who we are in God, and seeing those things uh, to, what is a stressful situation? Does the stressful situation cause the stress? Not really. Our five senses pick up what's happening in the world around us. It, it informs the brain. The software, how we are programmed, how we've seen things, how we've, how we've lived in the past, how circumstances have, 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 have gone away and gone on in the past. That's how we interpret them. And we interpret them differently depending on our background and how we're programmed. If we've had issues, if we've never dealt with them, we'll see it as it is. Won't we? I was, uh, again, this man was telling a story about um, he, he had a business and, and a man came to work, work with him and he was, he was really good with people. He was fantastic. But every time he, he called him in, into his office, the boss's office, he was really nervous and he was fidgety and he was quite quiet. He was a totally different man. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, you, you were brilliant with people out there. He said, what's, what's the issue? He said, well, he said, I've, been, I've worked in a few, few um, businesses and he said, every time I've been called into the boss's office is either to have a telling off or uh, a disciplinary or to be sacked he said so every time I come into there I because that's what he was programmed that's what happened in the past never been dealt with so it was it was how he saw them that's why we need to change the software renew our mind that's why the bible is always tends to lift our eyes up Lift, I lift my eyes to the hills where's my help come from looking unto Jesus the author of our faith look around discouragement look in what did I, I remember this I can't remember the uh, Corrie Ten Boom look in you'd be depressed wouldn't you look out discouragement and all the things look up look up well here we are um, changing how we feel use the principles from God truth we believe it that informs and changes our behavior and then that changes our feelings. I was just reading something earlier on. Uh, the, the happiest people, of course, that's not our, our, our fundamental, our key touchstone, but it, that this is the, the psychologist saying, the happiest people are the generous people. Isn't that amazing? Only what Jesus says, better to give and receive, of course. So we, we, we can behave ourselves into feeling, and we must change our behavior based on belief in the truth. John 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is who is sent greater than he who sent him. 
If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Do it. Do it. Sadly, so often we've, we, if we've told people uh, it's a feeling-based faith, trouble is when we're immature Christians, we'll go on our feelings rather than faith. If we don't feel like it, we won't do it. And, and the devil will have a field day with us because we are basing our decisions, our behavior, our habits on how we feel. And we will fail and fail and fail all the time. Failure to acknowledge our, our emotions, respond appropriately, allows the enemy to have a foothold, as we looked last time. For example, how about anger? Anger, um, Jesus was angry. Is anger wrong? Well, generally in my hands it is, because it's a selfishness. It's, it's because someone's uh, afflicted me or uh, hurt me or said something to me or cut me up on the road. And... Uh, uh, it, but there is a righteous anger. Why? Because that's, that's a healthy emotion if in the hands of God. Jesus said, in your anger, do not sin. And certainly don't dwell on it because what it will lead to is bitterness and forgiveness and will give the devil a foothold. Righteous anger. Jesus goes into the temple and he's angry. Jesus, amazing. It, it, Jesus is not unemotional, is he? Jesus wept. Um, Jesus was delighted. When those disciples, ordinary said, Lord, I'm so glad these ordinary men and you've opened their eyes. He despaired sometimes with the disciples, didn't he? Oh, dear. Lord, he said, how dull are you, boys? How long, how long, how long? What does the Bible say? With loud cries and tears, Jesus prayed. So Jesus um, was not unaware and uh, not unemotional. But we've got to be careful. What is it? Peter says, cast all your cares upon him. Uh, we, we look at our last verse tonight will be our, what we call our default position, which again is a computer term. What we do at first. Where would we go first when we have all these emotions? And, and the, thankfully the Bible tells us. Here he says, cast all your cares upon him. Well, those cares are distractions. Causing us to be double-minded. That's the, in this, remember the seed in the thorns? One of those thorns is anxious cares, distractions, taking us down the wrong path. The answer, of course, is to be single-minded, to get hold of our thinking. Well, as we said last time, take hold of our, our weapons of, the, of warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, are mighty to grab hold of our thinking. How about Philippians 4? Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, there's the default position all the time. Get before God. Dry, all these emotions should bring us towards God. They, 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 are, they, are, they are signals sometimes. Well, let's learn how to handle them, isn't it? Um, there's our anxiety. There we are. Now, uh, for you ladies, if a light comes on in the car, on your dashboard, there's three things you can do, isn't it? You can, um, you can put a bit of sticker over it, uh, or ignore it. I'm getting in the car. How long has that been light been on there? Oh, I'm not sure how long that light's been there. So we can ignore it, can't we? Or if we get really upset one day, we can take a hammer and smash the thing, and that, that will, again, it will, it will solve the problem just a little bit, <laughs> only for a while. Or you can actually take it to the garage and say, look, this light is on. What is wrong? What can I do? What should I do? Well, the first thing we've, we've, we've got to be careful. Now, we, we so often say, hey, grab all your feelings and go by faith. But that's not meaning suppress them. 
ignore them. No, 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 no. We must never ignore them because they are pointing out something that's going on in our lives. Um, David, now this was uh, going on in David's life. Let's see what was the root of it. Uh, uh, Psalm 32. Psalm 32. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Through my groaning all day, all the day long. The day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not in. I said I would confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. David was in deep depression, and there was a physical element there as well. What was the reason? Now, he could have gone on ignoring it, couldn't he? But the root of it was disobedience. It was his sin. And the cure was to come before God and confess that sin. And, and, and so he said that to suppress it is dishonest as well, isn't it? And that can lead to really some real major mental issues sometimes in so many people. I remember telling you about Carl Menninger, that great psychiatrist. He said, if I could get the people in this um, hospital to believe they were forgiven of their sin and their guilt was gone he said I could release 75% of them because that emotion overwhelms us we don't suppress it um, as Freud said there's no such thing as sin joke no 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 it'll bear down on you even in Psalm 29 39 about about being quiet with, with those around you. he said when I was quiet it the, the weight of it the anguish increased around me don't suppress it Thankfully, the Bible says, as the psalmist says, as Job says, as Jeroboam, all the prophets, they ran to God. They took, Lord, this is, our, this, is, this is going on in my life. What is this about? I'm coming to you. Lord, I, in my distress, I called you. And then I read another psalm, and uh, he's speaking to himself, isn't he? Return to rest my soul, because the Lord has dealt, dealt bountifully. That's a beautiful word. He's dealt bountifully with you. See, what are you doing? You're taking what you feel. You're coming before the Lord. Say, Lord, what's this about? Depending on what it is, we, we take it and we say, Lord, come on. This is, this, this is not where, where it should be. Now, of course, the other extreme, and some of us have been like this in the past, sadly. We, we, we just vent every emotion. Oh, I'm getting off my chest. Ah, what happens then? We upset people, <laughs> uh, especially those close to us. Why? Because we felt, oh, I'm having my say. I'm going to say what I think. Shut up. What you think is irrelevant. When you start the words, I think, I feel, I want, I, 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 stop it. That's, you see, that's, well, and, and we even might say, we can justify and say, well, I can say that I'm going to get my chest. Now, there are times, uh, but there are ways in doing it, isn't there? There may be a, 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 an issue, but what, is, what did we say before? Tone, 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 grace. Truth and grace. Let's read what the word says. James 1, James 1, 90 to 22. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and how many accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. So, for us who are quick with 
Of course, we have the, again, we talked about those three, issues, three areas that we really struggle with. Um, temper, stubbornness, and forgiveness. Uh, what does the word say? Everyone should be quick to listen. Oh, bless the Lord. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So that is not the answer either, is it? Well, of course, the last one is always acknowledge what you are. But where do we go? We go straight to the Lord. We don't get on the phone. We don't vent it against those people around us. We don't talk to either. We, we See, that's our default position. Always to the Lord. That saves us from most all trouble. Psalm 42. Psalm 42. What do you say? Oh, David is speaking. Oh, my soul. Why are you downcast within me? Put your hope in the Lord. I will yet praise the Lord. See, it's good to talk to yourself. Be careful if it was around mine because it might bring a few people. But um, if you live, as we said before, live on your own, get on with it. Um, what does the Bible say? Do not be, let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Now, if you read some of the Psalms, you, you'll see David, this is Psalm 109, and of course, there are different ways of interpreting it, because, um, but he's, he's having to go at someone who's having to go at him, isn't he? They've, they've oppressed him, they've, they've abused him, and now he's, he's, he's praying. Well, of course, he's, this is more than a Psalm about him, it's a prophetic Psalm, if you read it, it's all about Judas and uh, what he's going to do as well. But also could be, uh, he's actually reiterating the words they said about him. But really, he, he's saying, Lord... Um, May, may their children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from with the ruined houses. May creditors seize all he has. He's, he's obviously a bit upset, isn't he, David? Um, um, so he, he, he's venting. And he's saying, well, Dave, why, why would God put that in there? You see, God longs for us to be honest. And thankfully, he was, he was going before the Lord and said, Lord, this is, this is maybe what they said about me, or this is what he was saying about them. Of course, even in that, he was, the prophetic was running through it and uh, what was going to happen to the Lord Jesus. Uh, but thankfully, once that's vented, what does he come to the end of the psalm? He said, Lord, I will yet praise you. <laughs> so the great thing about it is, is we are, God has built all these things in for us to see where we are. It's a barometer sometimes. Sometimes they, they want to distract us, our feelings, of course. If we go with them, dear me, we can be in trouble, can we? Um, so often, what have we done? We've, we've, um, we've made decisions. We've made purchases out of feelings. And we, oh, look at that. Oh, I want that. Oh, I love that. We buy it and think, oh, why didn't I actually buy that, actually? Why did I buy that? Because we, we've, 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 we've rushed, haven't we, um, into that. But thankfully, the Bible says Jesus, again, was, was a man just uh, like us, like passions. Um, well, no, that was Elijah, but Jesus, man, man, son of man, fully man. What does the Bible say in the Garden of Gethsemane? My soul is overwhelmed with extreme sorrow, with extreme grief, even to the point of death. That's, that's a real weight of emotion, a weight of, of, the, of, of, of the circumstance was upon him because he knew what he was going to go for. He was not what he was going to go through. So if our Lord can be honest and expressive, what about me and you? Well, of course, our honesty and being real must be always with the Lord. There's nothing he doesn't know anyway, is it? <laughs> if you've got issues, and if you, he knows how you feel, he knows your issues, you know your issues with this and that, and with him and with her, they, God knows them. So be honest with him. Why? Because he's our closest friend, and he's our father. He's our father. That's why, um, if you, again, the kingdom manifests of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, 
what he's talking about. Do not fret. Do not worry. Yeah, don't, look at the lilies of the valley. Look at the tree. Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't get anxious. Don't get sidetracked. Why? Because 17 times he, he calls God Father. And I suppose, again, we've said it many times, we need to readjust our view of Father. If we haven't had a good Father, we've got to get that sorted. But he's our Father. We don't need to be worried of, excuse me, fretful. And he says, seek first the kingdom. Get a different perspective. Get a different priority. And uh, once we put God in, in first place, we see things clearly, clearly. The question there, pause uh, for thought too. Is there anything that you feel that you, you, is anything that you feel that you could not say to God that he does not already know? Isn't that true? Sometimes we, we get before God, oh, I can't say that to God. As if he didn't know. We, again, we just read those, those men of God. We lifted Jeremiah, Job, who cursed the day they were born. I mean, that's a little bit, you know, you, and Jeremiah, we see, he's having a go at God sometimes. God, you've, you've, you've deceived me, he said. You've made me preach this word, and I'm in trouble, and they throw me down a well, and they've given me a paste, and they put me in stocks. I, but enough of this, he said. I'm not going to speak anymore. <laughs> and uh, God, God, God doesn't say, okay, then, on your way. Does he? No, no. We think of Peter. Dear me. He, was, he, he vented his emotions, didn't he? Oh, Peter. But God saw past that, didn't he? Saw when he, he messed up. He saw, God could see the potential. He knows what we're like. Well, to finish off, past difficulties, baggage, loss of a loved one, I suppose, some kind of abuse, fearful experience, circumstances, all these things. Um can trigger those negative things. But God says, I don't want those past things affecting you today. So often we say, I'm not going there if so-and-so is there. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that subject right now. But wonder if there is a better way, a better way. Those past experiences, whatever they are, as we've said before, myriads of things we've all gone through. Uh, we've looked at them negatively and uh, perhaps we've blamed ourselves and we've listened to those lies. As, as he says here, I couldn't resist the abuse. I'm powerless. I'm a victim. Those bullies said I was this, that and the other. And perhaps I am. My dad never had time for me. I'm not important. And he can go through lists of lists of lists of things that we've gone through. But they should never affect how we are and how we live for Christ. Um, we remain in bondage not because of the trauma itself, but because of the lies we believed at the time. The lies we believed at the time. And that's why we need the word of God, truth of God, to re-inform, re recalibrate, reprogram our software, our thinking. Remember, here's a great statement. We are not primarily products of our past, but of Christ's work in the cross and his resurrection. Remember, was it one, uh, 2 Corinthians 5? We are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's why it's so wonderful. We look, look at the past things and we, they, they bring up all those memories. And we, we're going to put them to sleep. We can't change that now, can we? We can't change that, what do you say? No one can fix the past, but we can be free from it. No, we can be free. We can't change it, but we will not let it control us. We are changed by the power of of Christ. No, we need to reevaluate our past with the perspective of who we are now in Christ. 
Oh, help us, Lord. From this truth perspective, God sets us free. We can forgive those who have offended us. We can forgive even, sometimes, sadly, ourselves. Well, here's our default position. Thankfully, God tells us we are emotional people and we, we have myriads of emotions in, in, in one day, don't we? But do we let those affect us? Definitely, but we know we take them before the Lord. Jackie's not here now, so I can talk about it. See, um, some of us have been married a long time, haven't we? And uh, do we, if we were honest, there are some days we don't feel much. We, in fact, sometimes we, we, we think, we mutter under our breath, don't we? And that's how we feel. Because they've said something, they've done something, or they haven't done what they've been told. And they say no more. And, and, and we, 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 but you know what? Thankfully then, when I get like that, it's not very often. The word of God informs me. I take what God says, David, love your wife as Christ loves the church. Dear me, that's a powerful verse. Cuts across all the nonsense and all the feelings that, that are very temporal, isn't it? Because, you know, that may be, and then tomorrow will be something else and be gone and be forgotten. Our feelings, thankfully God tells us, look, if there's anybody in trouble, you've got difficulties tonight, this is your default position. Or oh, your weight to the world's upon you. This is James 5. Pray. Bless the Lord. Are you happy? Praise the Lord. Pray, praise. If there's difficulty, there's sickness, there's troubles, get into the house of God and call the elders to pray. Thankfully, those emotions drive us to the Lord. We may be holding on and we may be dictated to by those emotions. And God says, no, 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 no. They are just a barometer really to bring you to me. Bring you to me and reinform your thinking, the program, so you will see differently. See with the eyes of the Lord. Yes, that then the passion of the Lord. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. Why? Because he saw the people. They were like sheep without shepherds. They were broken, lonely, empty. And when we see with his eyes, oh yes, he uses our emotions then. Because he, he ignites our passion to see people saved. To see people come to know him. This is a poem to finish. Lovely poem. Um, this is what a young man wrote. Um, once I, I held in my tightly clenched fish, fist ashes, ashes from a burn that flickered upon my ten-year-old body, ashes I didn't ask for. The scar was forced on me, and for 17 years the fire smoldered. I kept my fist closed in secret, hating those ashes, ashes yet unwilling to release them. Not sure if I should, not convinced that it was worth it, marring the things that I now touched and leaving black marks everywhere, or so it seemed. I tried to undo it, but all the ashes were always there to remind me that I couldn't. I really couldn't, but God could. The sweet Holy Spirit spoke to my heart one night when I was in tearful desperation. God brings us sometimes to that place where we desperately need him. We need him, we need him. He whispered into my heart, I want to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. I had never heard of such a deal as this, beauty for ashes. My, sad, my sadly stained memory for, he, for the healing in his word. My suit 
like dreams, for his songs in the night, my helpless and hurting emotions, forever constant peace. How could I have been so stubborn and so refuse an offer like this? So will so willingly, yet in slow motion, sobbing, I open my bent fingers and let the ashes drop to the ground. In silence, I heard the wind blow them away, away from ever for me. I'm now able to place my open hands gently around the fist of another hurting soul and say with confidence, let them go. There really is beauty beyond your comprehension. Power of God. Our emotions, so often we are dictated to by our feelings instead of, uh, no, 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 we don't deny them. We don't let them dictate to us. We deal with them. We run to the God. We run and say, Lord, here I am. And uh, thankfully, bless the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.